If you turn your Bibles, please, to, uh, to the book of Luke, the book of Luke, uh, chapter 6, beginning with uh, verse number 37. You know, it's uh, the day that we come to, uh, to honor, uh, honor Mother's Day, and it's just something about, about mothers and the way that they pay attention to, uh, to their children. And uh, they're always, like, keeping their eye on their children. I remember my mom. My mom, she couldn't see it all, but uh, she knew all of our voices, and by all of our voices, I not doesn't don't just mean the voices of uh, me and my brother, but she also knew the voices of uh, all of uh, well, all my brother's friends. I didn't have no friends, so she knew she knew all all, all of his friends, and uh, she not only knew the voices of, of me and my brother and all of his friends, but as we grew older, she knew the voices of uh, of all of, all their vehicles. And a lot of times when we were young, you know, we'd go back there to the, to the back room and um, we'd try to be real quiet and we'd try to be uh, real sneaky about what we were doing. But uh, we had, uh, back in my brother's room, we just had like two mattresses, two mattresses stacked up and uh, we didn't have, uh, you know, there's no like, uh, uh, you know, slats or a bed frame or anything like that. It was just two mattresses lay on the on the on the ground there, and that just made the perfect wrestling ring right there where we had that. And uh, to make that all better is not only did we have the wrestling ring right there in the middle of the of the room, but we also had this bookcase. And when we were little, we could come up on top of that bookcase and come off the top rope. And uh, and we'd get back there, buddy, and we'd be having a good time, and we would think we were getting away with it. But then all of a sudden, our mother would call to me just as I'd be getting right there on the top rope, ready to come with a big elbow there. And my brother, you know, she would say, Timothy, get down off that bookcase. I'd say, how'd she know it was me? How'd she know where I was? Because she was just so in tune to us. And uh, when we'd had friends uh, who come over to visit uh, visit me or visit brother, she would hear like uh, their, their truck or their ride or whatever they had turned down the far end of the street. And uh, she would say that uh, Jeffrey such and such is coming to visit you. She would know exactly who it was because it's just something about mothers who pay constant attention to their children. They're always looking. They could tell by the look on your face, whether you're sad or whether you're lonely, or most importantly, whether you got some attitude and you're about ready to talk back. They can see all those because they look so intently. They're able to recognize because they keep their eyes upon you. And it's a good thing that others keep our eyes, keep their eyes on their children, isn't it? Because the daddy sure ain't, are they? No, no, man, we don't pay attention. You'd be like, where, where's, uh, you know, where's Johnny at? I don't know. And then most fathers, like when they'll come, they'll call the children. They'll have to go all through the children's names before they get to the one they're actually going to call because they don't know when it was. Uh, I, had a, I had a cousin of mine, and uh, he'd come down and he, to visit. He uh, lived over there in, uh, in California. And uh, so we, we were all trying to catch up. And uh, I'd ask him uh, uh, about uh, how his, uh, his kids were doing. I asked about one in particular and asked what great uh, he was on. And he just kind of looked at me and scratched his head and said, I don't know. And, uh, and then uh, I was out visiting uh, with, uh, with uh, one of my uh, uncles, and I was out there visiting him and asking about one of his child. I said, uh, uh, how's, uh, how's this child doing? And he looked at me and go, who? Because sometimes, again, we don't really pay attention. But uh, thank goodness that our mothers always pay attention and always are keeping an eye on their children. And that brings us to a, lot of, uh, to a lot of what Jesus 
wants to teach us today. So as we look in the book of Luke, chapter 6, we'll begin with verse number 37 this morning. It says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good, uh, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For by the, with the measure that you use it, he measures back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into the pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck uh, that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eyes? You hypocrite, first take out the log that is in your eyes, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor, uh, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from the thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from the brumble bush. For a good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you that you, even more so than our mothers, Lord, to keep your eyes constantly focused on us. Lord, you are concerned about all of our needs, Lord, all of our hurts. And yet you, Lord, you know all of our sins and you know all of our faults and all of our struggles. But Lord, we're grateful that your eyes are always focused on you. But Lord, I pray this morning that you will teach us to always keep our eyes focused on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I remember as I was reading through this, as this part of the Sermon on the Plain, I was trying to think about what all of this, what this particular section of the sermon was all about. Because if you look at verse number 37, and how it begins, and it talks about judging, but then there's like all this stuff in the middle, and then it kind of concludes that thought talking about judging again. And, and I was kind of thinking in my mind about what, what is he trying to tell us? How does these things here in the middle go with those things that were on the end, those talks about judging because I finally realized that the Lord was trying to teach us something important, something specific about judging, something about what is the root about these things that we do in judging one another. And what he wants to tell us and he wants us to show us in this sermon, in this part of the sermon, is about how we as people have the tendency to look around, don't we? how we have the tendency to get distracted and start looking at other people. Aren't we like that? We like to look at other people, right? 
We like to go into uh, to the store. We like to go into the Walmart. And as we're going through the the, uh, the aisle there with our buggy, buddy, we uh, we are looking around at uh, at all the people, buddy. And going to Walmart, buddy, is like uh, going to the state fair now, isn't it, buddy? There's all kind of interesting things to see, all kind of interesting characters. And uh, we look at. Um, at the kids, and uh, one of them screaming and crying in Walmart, and the mothers, you know, not really having any control of them. And then, buddy, and we start to we start our judging, we start our commentating. So I wouldn't let my kids run around Walmart. We used to knock them down side the head, and buddy, and we do that. And then we go on further, and we go, uh, we'll go eat somebody, and we'll sit there, and we'll start looking at the people. And we'll start looking at their hair. We'll start looking at their tattoos. We'll start looking at their earrings. And we'll make all kind of assertions based upon what they see, what type of people they are. And uh, for all of us good Baptists, we'll sit there at the Mexican restaurant. And uh, even though there's 10 people at our table, we'll start listening to everybody around and what they're talking about. And we'll start all making all kind of assertions and all kind of judgments about those people because that's the type of people we are as, as, as human beings. We look at other people and we make assertions and we make judgments when what the Lord wants us to do is to keep our eyes focused on Him. We're so busy looking at other people, we're not really seeing Jesus. And so the point that he wants to tell us about being a disciple, remember at the beginning, we talked about these principles about being the disciple. We talked about the attitude that we needed to get. And uh, we talked about the, uh, how we needed to learn uh, how to love. And so we've learned all kind of principles about what it really means to be a disciple. And today he wants to tell us the very most important thing that we need to do as his disciples, and that is we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And this morning in our, in our, uh, in our opening scripture reading there from Matthew, we got to see what can fully be accomplished in our faith, if we actually keep our eyes focused on Jesus, what we can do and what the Lord can do through us if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But we also got to see of what destruction comes in our life when we start taking our eyes off of Jesus, start looking around at the other people and start looking around at the other storms. So that's what he wants to say to us this morning, is that we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because notice how he frames this. He starts talking about this. He says, "Start not, don't judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. And forgive, and you will also be forgiven. You know, our tendency is to judge other people. And what does it really mean to judge other people? It doesn't mean that we're making distinctions between right and wrong because that's what we should always do is we should make decisions between what's right and what's wrong. And when we see people doing certain things that we can distinguish whether those things are right or, or they are wrong. But this type of judging that Jesus is talking about is the type of judgment that you would see from the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they would look at a person who maybe was a tax collector 
or they would look at a person who was a prostitute, or they would look at a person who was a leper, and they would say, because you do this, because you are this type of person, they would make a category designation about that whole person. And they would say that that person is a sinner. And that's their designation that they are sinners. Because of what they do, they are in a special category that always and for certain, I'm not in, right? I would never put myself in that category. But we say because that person does a certain thing, we make a categorical judgment about the value and the nature of that person as a whole. And that really is what judgment is all about. And after we make that judgment, we go to that next part. And he says that we condemn that person. By condemning that person is that we make an assessment about what will happen. What is the state of or what is the consequence for being in that category? And so they would judge a person because they do a certain thing that they are sinners. And what happens to sinners? What is their condemnation? Well, obviously, they're not part of God's people. Obviously, they're going to go to hell. Obviously, they are people that I'm not going to talk to. Obviously, is there some sort of other that isn't to be respected, isn't to be regarded in the same way that you and I are? Because we're good people, right? But those people over there, they are sinners, and they will one day receive their condemnation. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's the practice that we do. We'll pick out particular sins, mainly those sins that we do not do, are those types of practices that we do not do. And we will say, because these people who practice those certain things, they are now in a special category of people, and we will make assertions about them and where they will go and what will happen to it, and so that we will judge them and that we will condemn them, and obviously we will put them out of our realms of forgiveness, that they are beyond hope, and it's the game we play. And sadly, it's the game that we play as Christians. But what Jesus is saying to us this morning is you need to remember this, is that, look, if you're going to judge other people, guess what? I'm going to judge you by the same standards. If you're going to condemn other people, then I'm going to condemn you. If you're not going to show forgiveness to other people, then I'm not going to forgive you. And listen to the principle that he tells us. Listen to what he teaches. It says, um, uh, that, uh, that he teaches us here. He says that, um, um, that he says there in verse number 36, it says, give and it will be given to you by good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run it over and uh, put into your lap. Listen to this. For the measure to which you use it, he will measure back to you. Listen to what he says here. He says, I I'm going to treat you. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to condemn you. I'm going to show the same level of forgiveness that you show to other people. That should make a lot of us scared, right? That God is going to treat us like we treat other people. If you are a person 
who goes around looking, if you're a person who goes around judging, well, guess what? God's going to judge you by the same standards that you judge them. God's going to condemn you by the same standards that you condemn them. God's going to show the lack of forgiveness that you showed for other people. God will measure it back to you. And listen to what the standard he says. He's not just going to get just a, a, a little bit, but he's actually going to take it and he uses some, some language. He says it's going to be pressed down. It's going to be smoothed out. It's going to be shaken. It's going to, we're going to make sure that we've got all of this in there. Do you ever play this, this, uh, this deal? We used to when, uh, when we were in, uh, in high school or college and we go like on some kind of trip, we'd rent one of, those, uh, one of those charter buses, right? And all those charter buses, they'd have like the bathroom in the back. And we'd always play the game about how many people we could stuff into that bathroom. And so you get one person in there, two person in there, you know, third person to climb up in there. And it would seem like there's no more room for any other person, buddy. But we would, we would squeeze each other in and we would get as tight as we get so we could get as many people into that bathroom as we possibly could. And that's the type of fun you had when, I, when, when you were my age. But that's the way that Jesus is going to measure it back to us. He's going to pack it in there. He's going to get as much of that as possible as he can into that. And so if you are bringing that type of judgment, God says, well, I'm going to give you some judgment in your life too. And I'm going to give you the full measure. And I'm going to pack it in. And I'm going to dump it into your lap. And if you are condemning other people, then I'm going to do the same thing to you. I'm going to give you the full measure of it. But, but, if you judge not, if you condemn not, if you were forgive, then that will be measured back to you. If you show people mercy in your life for the things that they've done, the Lord will show you mercy as well. And let's get things straight. We owe God a whole lot more than what somebody may owe us, right? It's the same for all of us. And so would we want God to measure back to us judgment? To judge back to us condemnation or forgiveness? Kindness or wrath for what we put in other people's life, he'll bring back to us. God knows us. He knows we're looking around at other people. And as we're looking around at other people, we're saying things about him. And so we need to understand that those things are going to measure back to us. And so we need to regain our focus. Listen to what he says. He said, you know, can a blind person lead another blind person? What's going to happen to them? It just amazes me how many people that I go riding with that will actually trust me for directions, right? That you, you know, you'll be the navigator. Hey, you, know, you tell us when to turn. You tell us how to get there. You know, how much sense does that make? 
Because what he's saying here is how can a blind person lead another blind person? We're looking around at other people to be our guides. We're looking at other people around us to give us advice. We're looking around at other people to give us the standard for what seeing is. We're looking at other people to give us the example of what God wants for us in life. But they're just as blind as we are. They know just about as much about getting to God as as we do. And so we just all are lost, and that's what you see in the world today. You have all these people who call themselves experts. You have all these people who say they have a certain measure of knowledge, but they are just all blind. And you just have the blind leading the blind, and that's why so much in the world today is just going off a cliff, right? That's why so much in the world today is in a such state of affairs because we're we're relying on each other for wisdom. We're relying on each other for direction and we're all going astray. So what should we do? What should we do? Well, he gives us a hint here in this next little parable. He tells us, and he also, uh, after that, listen to what he says. He says, uh, a disciple, um, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. He says, you know what? We got the blind leading the blind around here. But you know what? You are my disciples. Who's the my? Jesus. We are are Jesus' disciples. And when a disciple is fully trained, we will be like the teacher. We will be like Jesus. If we are truly his disciples, then our goal and our strive is not to be like these people around us, not to be like the people who are blind just like us, but our goal is to be like Jesus. And we put ourselves at the feet of Jesus. We put ourselves at the feet of this sermon like he gives to us here on the plain. We sit at the feet of Jesus as we read the Sermon on the Mount, and we say, Jesus, teach us. And as Jesus is teaching us, what is he teaching us? He's teaching us us to be more like him. And so the result is that in our life that we become more like him. And so how do we do that? Well, if I wanted to become more like Ronnie for some weird reason, here's what I do. I take a look at Ronnie and I just follow around and I see what he's doing. I see what he's wearing. I look at what he's eating. I'll see how he's acting. I'll try to find some way to talk to that Cajun like he does. But I set my mind to be more like him. So I watch his steps, and I see what he does. And I hope that at every day, I become more and more like him. I'll probably never get to that level, but every day I'm going to give it a shot, Right? That's what Jesus says for us, is that we are his disciples. We are become more like him. So what do we do? 
We keep our eyes on Jesus. And we see what he's doing. And buddy, we got four good books of the Bible that tells us the story of Jesus. And we get to follow in his footsteps. We get to see his actions. And we get to hear his words. And we look at his actions. And buddy, we look at our actions. And we say, buddy, there's not the same. And so we say, look, Jesus is doing it this way, but I'm doing it this way. I want to become more like Jesus, so I'm going to stop doing it this way, and I'm going to start doing it this way. We are to keep focused. We are to keep focused on Jesus. We are to keep our eyes on him. We're not out to become more like some other person. Even though there are people who we may admire and we look at as example, our ultimate example is in Jesus Christ. And so we look at what he teaches us and we keep our eyes focused on him. And so the relationship turns, not from me looking at all the other people and comparing myself to them, but to looking up at Jesus and comparing my life to his. And I want to tell you, if you are looking up in Jesus, you're always going to see an area of your life that needs fixing. When I look up at Jesus, I realize how sinful my heart is. When I look at Jesus, I see how long way I got to go. When I look up in Jesus, I see like we learned a couple of weeks ago, how wretched my love is. Now, when I compare myself to you in this room, I start feeling pretty good about myself, right? And when you start comparing yourself to the preacher up, you, you think you're getting pretty good. You think you're moving on up there. But when we look up at Jesus, we truly see what's expected of my life. And if I truly look up at Jesus, there's no room for me to judge you. There's no room for me to condemn you. There's no room for me to put you in a special group because I realize that I have faults in my life too, but God still loves me. And you probably got faults in your life too, but guess what? God still loves you, and he's still working on you. He's working to change, and he's working to conform you we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And he shows us how this affects and how this should change the way that we look on Jesus. How does looking up to heaven change the way that we feel about the people around us? Listen to what he says. He says, um, why, do you see, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eyes and do not notice the log that is on your own eyes how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eyes when you yourself do not see the log that is in your eyes? You hypocrite, first take up the log that is in your eyes, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your eyes. Here's how we go from looking at people when we've got this worldly way of just looking around, how we compare that or how that contrasts to when we start looking up at Jesus. He says, buddy, how can you talk about that speck that is in your brother's eyes when you see that log 
that is in your eyes. Let me explain it like this. When I look at anybody, you can just look around and just point anybody here in this room, all right? Just kind of just think out. Don't point. Just kind of look around and think about anybody in this room. And I want you to think, I want you to think about uh, what kind of sins they are. I want you to think about what kind of faults they have, all right? I want you to get a good list of all the faults of somebody you see in this room, all right? You got that list? You don't need to write it down with a pen and pencil and hand it to them, all right? But I want you to just think about that list in your mind. But now I want you to look at your life. I want you to let yourself stare into the eyes of Jesus. I want you to think about him seeing your attitude. I want you to see that list of your sins. Not only ones that things that we've seen, but the things that the people around us don't know about. Those times that when you had the bad attitude, those times where you've done good things for bad reason, those things where you went around, went ahead, and nobody knew. I guarantee you, when you get that list of your sins, of your poor motivations, as Jesus looks into your heart, any list that you could write for anybody else would fail in comparison. That's why it's a speck of the other person because we can only see so much of a person in their actions. We don't know nothing that's in their heart. We don't know how they lust with their minds or do any things about what hate they may have in their heart. All we can see is superficial. So it always winds up being a speck. But when we allow Jesus to honestly look in our hearts and our hearts, buddy, we get to see that log that is our sin. And when we got that log of sin in our hearts, but yet we're going to try to look around and judge somebody else and try to say, let me, let, me, let me get that speck. Let me show you how to fix your life. Let me show you how to fix your problem. Let me show you how to get on the right road with God. But yet you haven't done anything with that log that's in your eye. Jesus says, here's what you need to do. First of all, you need to deal with the log. You need to honestly look at the amount of sin that's in your heart and in your life. And you need to repent of it. And you need to ask God to show you a better way. And you need to try to beat that thing. Beating that thing is hard. And we find that we get walk good sometimes, and sometimes we stumble, and sometimes we fall. But in that process of dealing with that log in our whole life, that now as I turn my attention, that speck in your eye, I guarantee you I'm a lot more merciful. I guarantee you you'll be a lot more gracious. I guarantee you, you'll be a lot more humbler in the way that you deal with that person. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. He doesn't want us to ignore the sins of the world or the sins of other people. He doesn't want us to call them to a better way of life, but he has a certain way for us to do it. And a certain way for us to do it is for us to keep our eyes on Jesus and first deal with our own sins and our own problems and to realize how much we need mercy and how much we need grace in our lives. And with that thought and with that perspective that we move forward to helping other people, 
And so we've moved to not seeing people the way that we see them, but how the Lord sees them. And we see not just the sins of the people around us, but the sins in our own heart. We have now got our eyes no longer focused on the people around us, but are now judging ourselves by the standard of whom we follow, Jesus Christ. Things are changing. And here's what he says the ultimate change should be in our life. If we truly keep our eyes on Jesus, this is what we'll do. Listen to verse number 43. It says, For no, tree, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a, tree, a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. The fig tree is not gathered from the thermal bushes, nor the grapes picked from the uh, brumble bush. The good person, out of his good treasure, of his good uh, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, he doesn't just change our actions. He changes our heart. And after we experience the change of heart, it's when we experience the change in our actions. If we truly have our eyes focused on Jesus, then we are producing fruit. And so the Lord wants us this morning to do is to stop comparing ourselves to the people around us, to stop judging our spirituality by other people here upon this earth, not to take on the task of passing judgment and condemnation on the people around us, not trusting anyone else to be our guide or advisor, but for us to keep our eyes firmly, firmly focused on Him. And if we keep our eyes firmly focused on Him, then we can walk to the places to where Jesus has us to go. We can do great and mighty things. But when we start looking around, when we start looking around at the waves, when we start looking around at other people, that's when we start sinking, and that's when we start falling. And so if that's you this morning, as it is me like a lot of times, the Lord and Savior reaches down to you this morning with his hand, wishes to pick you up and to have you walk again. But we can only do so if we stay focused on him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for all the things that you've blessed us with. Lord, we pray, Lord, this morning that our heart's goal is to become more like you each and every day. That we strive to one day to be in the full image of the one to whom we follow, and that is you. Renew our focus this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be, um, let's stand and sing a hymn of invitation.